the South Philly injection site has been shut down. And more iBuyer news from Zillow and open door from the former president of Zillow. Tune in to Tool Time right now. We are back on Tool Time. I'm Tom Tool. She is Jess Lyon. We've got some juicy topics today. Really excited to share with you what I'm clear is a huge win for South Philadelphia. We're going to start there where the mobilized, supervised injection site in South Philly was shut down the end of last week. And and I am so happy to see this for a lot of reasons. But Jess, why don't you take the lead? What do you think about all this? We've talked about it a lot in the past that if something is happening in your community, what you don't like, then you need to do something about it. And it cut off her name here on my paper. But this woman, she did. She saw it happening in her community. She spoke against it. People are rallying um, to stop this. And a plan has been put in place to stop it and postpone it. Um, I was looking at where this is in reference to where I live. It's only like 13 minutes away. Um, and then we went out to dinner for um, East Pass Young Restaurant Week, and it was like five minutes from all of the restaurants right there on Pass Young. So, and in the article, it was saying that there was like a daycare in there and some other businesses. So it's absolutely crazy that they were even going to think about putting this in there, in that building. Um, and I follow like a lot of sites too, like on Instagram that bring awareness to this problem and they are even saying like this is not the way to go these safe injection sites and i feel like that has a a lot to a lot to speak of there's this one um this one instagram account called kensington beach and he is a resident of kensington and he records what's going on in the in the streets there and it's really sad and it's really scary and it brings awareness to what's happening but even he's saying these safe injection sites are definitely not the answer I mean, I'm with you on that. Uh, and the woman's name, by the way, is Jody Della Barba. Yes. So um, she got tipped off about two weeks ago about the plans to open the site. And she's a big community activist. She was a secretary for Frank Rizzo, um, one of the previous mayors of Philadelphia. And where it's located, it's the Con- Constitution Health Plaza on South Broad. They've got a daycare in there. My mother-in-law was in hospice in the building, right? Like this, like that made me sick to my stomach when I saw that. And you know, you bring up a good point that these safe injection sites, like this, people hear about this from other parts of the country, and they're like, "Are are you kidding me?" Yeah, I've had that reaction from many people that are not they're in the know about what goes on, but it's it's a really serious issue. And you know, it's one thing to have it at a at a library that is run down and and all that. This is a place where people go to work every day. There's kids being sent there by their parents to be cared for and being a parent myself I mean you know you got to ratchet up the security tremendously at a a daycare so what I love about this is they had a petition it was almost 7,000 people signed it and they informed all the local businesses around the plaza such a good idea and and because then you know like I'd be pissed if I I mean there's there's like a footlocker across the street there's um a Philly soft pretzel company the South, uh, I think it's the South Philly Tap Room is not too far from there. And I know this neighborhood well because they spent so much time down mm-hmm. there. Uh, and so the fact that they got those people involved, you know, all of a sudden, then they tell their landlord they went out of the lease. Well, guess what? Then that's really going to mobilize people because I'm clear 
not a lot of people knew about this, number one. I mean, she found out two weeks before. And secondly, that's going to have a major negative impact on businesses. Business, because real estate. Because I wouldn't go down there yeah. for a bite to eat. I wouldn't go Absolutely down there to go not. shopping. And there's like, I mean, there's like a Dunkin' Donuts there. And there's all kinds of restaurants. So from what I was reading in the article, it seems... A little bit polarizing, like there are people who are all for it and there are people who are absolutely against it. And that, I mean, that's with anything, but I don't understand how the people are saying this is not going to bring drug dealers and users to that area. I don't see how that could not happen. Well, and it's another example of politicians trying to get this through without <laughs> a lot of fanfare or, or packing into some other bill. The councilman for the district down there, Kenyatta Johnson, he first heard about the plan to open within his district, four days before the announcement. Yeah, I read that. That's crazy. So, I mean, and, and city council, I mean, that's like, that, that's, that, that's real government. I mean, those people should be knowing everything that's going on in their district. So that was, that was pretty wild to me. And then on, on top of it, you got to worry about, like, home values in the area. I mean, you know, that, that's something that people spend all their money. They move to this neighborhood, and the neighborhood's fine. I've been down there many times because right. of what's been going, what, what I had going on in my life, you know, 10, 10, 11 years ago. And all of a sudden... Now that that's coming in and you don't get a say in it, I mean, that, that that's crazy to me. And, you know, what this looks like is that, you know, I, I don't know exactly who was responsible. I know Mayor Kenny has been a big proponent for this stuff. I am so happy to see that the, the neighbors mobilized and got this postponed and they're not going to let it happen because if you want something to happen in your community or not happen, this is a great way to do it. And you have to get involved. Like, Mm-hmm. This woman, Jody, I mean, she made the commitment to get involved. So Spread it all over Facebook, had everybody sign the petition. Mm-hmm. They really made a difference here. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, you know, Mayor Kenny's taking a lot of heat for this. I mean, he supports this injection site, which to me is bananas. I mean, I, I you know, so if that you— that was in my neighborhood, I would throw a fit. And even in my city, I think it's wrong. I, I mean, I've got a problem with it. I don't even live in the city anymore. Yeah. It's in my community. I mean, my the, the area that I live in. So, so I mean, my— my uh, my wife's aunt's a, a nun down at Newman Garetti. That's not that far from there either. I mean, so there's like convents down there. There's people that live there their entire life. So to me, big win for the city here. Yes. Big win for everyone except Mayor Kenny. Big win for the community. I'm really happy to see what they were able to do here in a short period of time to stop something that would dramatically change the landscape of their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I was gonna say if you don't agree on this one, we might have to cancel go. the show. Well, not you. <laughs> that, that's the end of it. So, so from the real estate side, there was some really interesting stuff that came out of R4, the REMAX convention uh, in Las Vegas, where Greg Schwartz, who was the former president at Zillow, um, I, I've met Greg a number of times, um, he had kind of like an interview with Nick Bailey, the chief customer officer at REMAX, about iBuying. And Greg knows something about this because Zillow is in the iBuying business. He used to work for Zillow. And... What he said, came out and said, which I found really interesting, and then there's a, a piggyback story on this as well, that it looks like the players are emerging. He's saying it's a two-horse race um, between Open Door and Zillow, and um, that, that you know Open Door and Zillow are going to be the ones that lead the way here. And then another article came out and uh, that because of a change in the FDIC regulations, it's going to be easier for iBuyers to enter markets in the north and south, and... Uh, this is, um, you know, some of the predictions here are that Chicago, New York, Detroit, Philly, St. Louis, Cleveland, Washington, D.C., and eight other markets across the South and Northeast are part of the iBuyer frontier because of the FDIC appraisal regulation change that could benefit iBuyers. So 
A lot of iBuyer news coming out. What do you think about all this? Well, we've been talking about iBuyers consistently on the show, and I'm not surprised that everybody else is dropping out and it's down to Open Door and Zillow um, because Zillow pretty much is good at everything that it does. Um, so I'm not surprised at all. Um, taking over the country as well, going over into more than these 15 cities, I'm not surprised. Um, I think that it will be here in Philadelphia sooner than we expect it. But you were telling me something that was interesting, like that I didn't think about in regards to the condition of the homes here. Yeah, well, what, what I find uh, interesting about this is that if you look at like an iBuyer map, and there's one that uh, was on Inman um, recently where they show the markets where the highest concentration is. So you see Denver, Las Vegas, Phoenix, Atlanta is huge, uh, down in Tampa, even Dallas, Fort Worth, and... And there are some tertiary markets like Charlotte and Raleigh and then some places in California. And what I know is that those those markets, the types of properties are drastically different. You don't see 150-year-old row homes that people go in and rehab and live in in a lot of those places. That Well, that's not the norm, I should say. And a lot of these companies are going to have a buy box. And a lot of times it's built in the 1950s or later or it has to be within a certain price point. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a criteria, just like any other business that's acquiring investment properties. So one of the challenges I see for these iBuyers when they talk about those markets specifically, I mean, the places we listed are some of the oldest cities in the country in terms of development and the age of housing. So, and the prices are higher. And so, like Manhattan is not, I mean, they're not iBuying like a $3 million condo. So what I, what I see happening here is that there's going to be a lot of places that get disqualified because when the well, I buying process works, so that you submit the, you submit I want to offer on my home, mm-hmm. someone gets it, then they say okay we're thinking if an offer is going to come or not, and then they usually send out like someone to go look at the property, um, not the actual buyer, mm-hmm. but someone that works for the company that's doing it because that's how these are set up, and when you get into like a hundred and ten year old home, the maintenance costs can be pretty crazy. I mean oh, yeah. you have to look at like pointing the stone Mm -hmm. what's the foundation like is there knob and tube wiring you're not going to be able to say just from a glance well and think about how a home inspection goes for a home like that versus a home that was built in like the 1980s or 90s so there's there's so many other things that Mm -hmm. a lot of these now now they're going to get better they're going to improve is it something that can happen because there's a lot of construction going on out here like newtown square Mm -hmm. chester springs all that and even in philadelphia so maybe not right right away but in like 10 15 years I would imagine they're, they're going to improve. I mean, these are these are billion-dollar yeah. companies here, right? So I'd imagine they're going to improve and get better. The short term, they're going to have some challenges yeah. with, with, with hitting their buy box because if you look at the markets that they're in, I mean, you know, like Las Vegas, Denver, and Phoenix, they don't have homes the same age, the properties yeah. we have here. You could even say the same about Tampa or um, Atlanta. So these are different markets, and that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I do agree that there's always going to be two or three players that kind of emerge. And one of the things that uh, Greg said, which I found really interesting, so we've talked about SoftBank a little bit because mm-hmm. yeah. what happened with WeWork, they backed Compass. Um, they, they also backed Open Door, and I, that, that's where Open Door might lose its competitive advantage. So that's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out uh, because they're not going to have that same sort of funding that they had before. And as a result, Maybe it's even a little more competitive. But, I mean, Open Door and Zillow are right at the forefront. And then a lot of people are um, <coughs> forgetting about OfferPad. I mean, that, that's another company you got to keep your eye on here. I think that we're just going to not have a complete backseat look at how things are going, but I think we're going to be able to watch things, how things go in different markets for a while before it even gets close to us. 
That is the beauty of the Northeast. I was at Zillow's office last week, and they're talking about all these new programs that are releasing and everything else. And I said, you know what I love about living in Philadelphia? We get it all last, and yeah. we can see what goes on, and then we can make strategic adjustments so that we don't have that same learning curve. And that would go from anyone in the Northeast because it's a much different market up here. So I, you, that's a very valid point. So this, I mean, and, and what I will say to everyone watching this here is that this isn't going to be like all the sales. Like right. iBuying is going to be a really good service for certain people. Other That's people are going to yeah. go to the market and get the maximum amount because maybe they need the money or they don't have, they're not in that situation where they're like up against it and have to sell right away. So this is still going to make up 10 to 20% of the market. I mean, I was at the T3 conference last year and all the CEOs said the same thing. Richard Barton, CEO of Zillow, Gary Keller, uh, CEO of Keller Williams, Realogy CEO, who Realogy has eye buying. So it's not going to be a, a huge component. It's just going to be it's like kind of like the investor that's out there, right? Mm -hmm. It's just an investor at a larger scale. I mean, it's going to be a competitor, but you just have to be good at what we're doing. And, you know, if you're the best salesperson in the area, then people are going to come to you. Well, and it's no different than when you see the seller take the first offer that comes in because they need to get out. I mean, that, that you know, sometimes time is more valuable than money to some people, and I can't make that decision for them. So it's important about being educated about it, which is why I'm glad all of you guys are watching. There you go. All right, well, to tie into what we're talking about today, more specifically with the safe injection sites. I have a quote. Um, Albert Einstein, if I had an hour to solve a problem, I'd spend 55 minutes thinking about the problem, and then I'd spend five minutes thinking about the solution. Well, that, that's really interesting because a lot of problems have multiple facets or different components. And anytime you make a change or you come up with a solution, what you think is a solution may have some additional consequences you didn't even really consider. So what I love about this quote here, and obviously Einstein's way smarter than me, um, is that usually there's like a couple options. Like really how many options do you have when there's a, there's a true problem? Um, and if it's something that big, you're going to have a lot of advice and a lot of people talking about it. So it's more about gathering the information and then making a clear, concise decision than trying to figure out the best possible solution. Because when you look at, when you flush out the problem and you say, okay, well, here's the problem and this is why it's a problem. And then you go through and like list like bullet exactly. points and that sort of stuff. The solution is going to make itself apparent. So once you have all the data, then you can make a really well-informed decision rather than just come up with a solution right away and spend all your time thinking on that without understanding the problem you're trying to solve. So yeah. I'm all for understanding things before making decisions. So that's what I love you. about this quote. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I feel like when people try to solve a problem, they go towards the quickest solution, how to fix it right away. But especially even in this safe injection kind of site kind of thing, I think it's more of what is causing this rate of addiction and all of this kind of thing. Look at the cause of the problem, and that may be a better way to find the solution to this rather than just throwing in a safe injection site. Well, what if they spent the money to for the safe injection site and spent that on solving the problem? Right. So right. I think that that's a, that's a really you know that, that that's really parallel to what we're talking about here. So great, great quote, good cool. motivational stuff. Catch you guys next week. Thanks for watching.